Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have on the phone Chris Sheridan, Mr. Chris Sheridan, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise known as. What's that's going that's on, Mr. Chris to you, but yeah. That's Mr. Chris <laughs> to you. <laughs> What's your name, Chris? Exactly. Mr. No, Chris. Mr. Mr. Chris. Yeah, I'll try that next time at the casino tables. Yeah, in, uh, in and here's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really date myself. They call me Mr. Tibbs, <laughs> Sydney Poitier. Remember that? Yeah, yeah Sydney. I, I like to pronounce it Mr. Sydney Poitier. Poitier. You really gotta, you gotta really get into it. And a pause like in that. between there. That's good. And I like there's a, a, pause. a dramatic pause. As they it's say very it. dramatic, wasn't it? Stage and screen. So, yeah. <laughs> stage and screen if you will <laughs> and there you go uh you are without electricity today so we're going to try to make this a brief show i know you're working on battery power over there so i have a good signal I and i have plenty of power so i think we're good to go and so we're good to go we are speaking about reaching the center truth leads all things to itself and that is a manly hall video actually we're drawing from a manly hall video it's a, a le- it's it's a lecture but it's a video that uh, that Chris put up on uh, Manly Hall Society, uh, which he runs very diligently and does a fantastic job with. And some of the best uh, Manly Hall lectures that you're going to hear online are, are at Manly Hall Society. So just look up Manly Hall Society on YouTube and you will find excellent, high quality, uh, well uh, engineered audio and so on without you don't have commercials on any other things. No. So it's just. You know, it's just a really fantastic resource. And so many people are trying to, you know, cut their own commercials into stuff or they're, you know, ripping off audio from this and that person and stuff. You've got really nice, clean audio and it's, you know, it's beautifully presented and so on. And so Manly Hall Society uh, and you put, you're putting up videos uh, almost what, every, once every couple of weeks or once every week or what are you doing right now? Yeah, a couple of months. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, you've got a nice following on there. So I well, this one has a transcript as well. Uh, there's a That's right. Thank you. Transcript, yeah. uh, which not a, very many of them do. And that's at manlyhall.com. It would, it's the most recent blog post. Uh, and it's got a link to the video, embedded video. But it has the full text of this, what, hour and 20 minute lecture that lecture. Uh, really stood out as being interesting enough to, to, to just, you know, we're going to spend an hour covering Do a full uh, show on, you know, yeah. just, you know, but listen to that as well. Uh, and, or follow along with the, uh, the transcript. So it's a lot of ways to get to the original text. Cause that's, that's certainly important, but we're going to take a look at it. Uh, could because we've already taken a listen to it and uh, we're going to talk about it. Perfect. Perfect. So we're, we're, we're all, we're running on all cylinders here. We're yeah. moving in the right direction. Yeah. So reaching the center truth leads all things to itself. The title of this one. Um, so we'll just start out. Oh, actually, let me, let me thank everyone. I, I always need to do my, my preface and say, thank you everyone who's listening. And thank you for all of our supporters who are supporting the show. Uh, we really do appreciate you guys. Uh, God bless you all. And um, if you would care to, contribute to the show you can do so at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye and you can make a small donation every little bit helps I and mean, you can even offer just like 99 cents a month if, if that's all you can afford um, but know that it goes to a good cause keeping the show on and you know trying to get out to more people these um, positive spiritual messages esoteric studies and so on that, that chris and i are doing a couple times a week now uh, we've also got the emmett fox show that you can listen to on friday so you know, we're just trying to spread the spread the good news, the the gospel, as they say, the good spell, as uh, that word that word comes from. And it's not any particular creed or particular religion, but just the good news from all uh, from all spiritual traditions. So check us out and uh, share with your friends if you like what we're doing. All right, so we'll start then with this Manly Hall lecture, and we'll talk a little bit about. We'll just kind of we're just going to follow through. Uh, uh, mainly through the first half of the lecture, and we'll get into some of the points at the end and stuff. But one of the really cool features in this one is that he talks a lot about martial arts. And of course, as uh, any of you know, who've listened to the other shows and stuff, you know, I love martial arts and have been participating in boxing, martial arts, and, and so on for uh, most of my life. I, uh, I teach uh, Filipino martial arts as well. And, um, you know, so this is a this is a subject that's close to my heart. So what we're going to look at then is some of the sort of spiritual dimensions, the philosophical dimensions of martial arts. Uh, Manley Hall was really way ahead of his time in this lecture. It was like I think this one came out November eleventh, nineteen sixty two. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So you got to remember, this is before Bruce Lee. This is before all of the, you know, the, the, the well-known martial artists in the West. And before there was a Taekwondo school on every corner and before there were 8 million martial arts movies all over the place and before MMA and before all of that. So, you know, he's, he's, he's really kind of introducing some of these ideas. There was a lot of misunderstandings about what martial arts were and so forth. And he uh, was helping to really kind of clarify the purpose of martial arts and particularly in judo. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but, but he was, he was way ahead of his time on this one. I was, I was quite impressed with it. Uh, so the first thing that he really talked about, and just kind of contextualize this, he talked about how we, we in the West are really focused on external life uh, as opposed to, you know, most people in the East and in India and Asia and so on. It's a little different, different attitude towards life there. It's a little more interdirected. One might call it a little more introspective or, um, you know, this, this type of thing. So it's a kind of an in, inward, you know, an inward focused life uh, that's definitely more prevalent in the East than it is in the West. And we in the West, of course, live this, like you said, an external life. So he, he felt that and he shared this idea that, you know, martial arts was one of the ways that um, people could kind of get in touch with this. This is one of maybe the the Eastern ideas that he, he felt like got to the United States and got to the West that was a, was a value, was a valuable contribution as long as it was adapted to our, to our lifestyle. He did make that point. So basically um, he, he mentions in the beginning and then I'm going to hand it over to you. He mentions in the beginning of this need to develop a sense of quiet, a sense of going within and, you know, that's where he really contrasts that with, you know, our external form of life that we live. And I'm, by external life, I mean, you know, we in the West, we tend to we tend to look outside of ourselves for most of our direction, for most of our entertainment, for most of our, you know, sort of just day to day experiences. And, you know, that would be our work life, our social life, school, you know, family life, all the stuff that's going on, the busyness, the day to day busyness of life. Right. And he really was stressing this idea of developing a sense of quiet and going within yourself to develop a, a calm center. That's why he's talking about reaching the center, develop a calm center so that, you know, even if you are moving through that external life, you're doing it with a sense of, of internal sort of peace and, and solidity in a, in a, in a sense. Do you want to follow up on that? Sure. The, you know, this, structure of this lecture is almost like in three acts you know he he sets up mm -hmm. this this idea of, of quietude he calls it and he even goes on to call it uh, being constructively quiet um you're oh, that's it's great. not yeah. that you're just calming the stress and you're kind of getting to you know the sea level you're getting to ground you know um point uh level it's it's actually even more than that you're you're so quiet or that's in this stillness it's actually doing good for you not just calming the storm, you're actually being productive, or he says constructive, constructively quiet. Constructive, yeah, yeah. You that's know, a and great, that's, that's a, a great thing. Point. You know, and he's, you know, it's a big thing, and you know, he does make a really big point about the West and the busyness, and he, he makes a crack about uh, some manager at a firm, you know, gets reprimanded by the uh, the superintendent that says, you know, what's with these people, they, you know, they don't look like they're doing anything. This is terrible. And he goes, well, actually we're more productive than we've ever been. He goes, well, we'll make them look busy. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, there has to be this like just a missing element of stress, you know, wipe your brow, people. furl your, yeah, right. your, 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 yeah. your nose, just try to look more miserable your while like, you're working. Oh, a little more stress, you know. <laughs> that's um, amazing. And, and that's the thing. Well, it's, yeah. What's the bumper sticker? You know, Jesus is coming. Look busy. Um, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. exactly. Um, well, it's it's funny because you know, oftentimes you do see that in businesses. And you know, I worked at a place I worked in, uh, you know, at a sort of business to business website back in the two, early 2000s. And you know, that the, the time, you know, at that time it was like this really go go, you know, kind of ideal uh, of like you know, just working so many hours and all this stuff. And you know, people would be at work for you know, 10, 12 hours a day and stuff. And then, you know, you really kind of watch though what people are doing and you see like how much wasted time there is. It's like people are kind of, you know, they're showing up super early and going to bed, you know, going home super late. But like you look at the levels of productivity and, you know, most likely, you know, you probably could have done all that work in, 
you know, three and a half hours if you were more focused, let's say. But, you know, but there's this idea that you're trying to, you know, you're really looking busy and you're really, you know, you're really working hard and this and that. And I think that's what he's getting now when he's talking about going to the center because you're so much more efficient when you're working with that center of quietude uh, than you are when you're, when you're, you know, you're, you're like, the, you've created like a calm within the storm in a sense. You know, it's like this, this inner sort of calm that you can carry through these like stressful situations and it makes you more productive. And I think that, what did he, what did he call it? Constructive, quiet, constructive, yeah, constructively, be constructively, constructively quiet. quiet. Yeah. I mean, that's genius. That's genius. Um, you know, he talks too about a little bit about uh, how we don't really like to think too much or even read or, you know, develop any kind of internal life in the West. And in, in a lot of ways that, that is, that is true for, for a lot of, you know, maybe people that listen to shows like this are probably more of an exception to that. But I think in general, um, you know, the average person walking down the street doesn't really want to want to use his brain too much. And, you know, not, not that people are stupid. It's just, it's hard work to think it's hard work sometimes to read a bit and it's hard work to develop an inner life. It, it does. It takes, it takes an effort. And sometimes you got to fight against the grain of society to develop who you are as an individual and really follow your own destiny and things like that. But well, what he points out can be a problem too. That uh, just to throw this in, that yeah, we can. There is also another group of people who um, have a tendency to maybe overthink things. There's maybe too ooh, much emphasis. Who, who who might some people like I, that? I've be? heard <laughs> I've heard of these people. I don't know who they are. Or where they I, yeah, out. I I could um, never. I, I can't relate know, to that. I yeah. cannot relate to such a thing. Wow. Yeah. But I think the analogy is, is the same at this point, you know, everything's kind of in the ether anyway with the internet and, yeah. and everything else that, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it is in the mind we have a lot in, but then that becomes busy and that's just the same mm. as having an external life. We have yeah. kind of a material internal life with a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings, and a lot of things bouncing around and this happens. Yeah. It's information coming in from all angles and having to process it, even if we're not even You're right. Anybody, You're right. We're very, very busy there, but that's again, that's not the same as having not what he's talking a about. meaningful inner center. life. That's just yeah. a kind of a mind equivalent of a, you know an external of the business. Yeah, that's, so that's going to the point you're trying to make. But I wanted to say that that's and and, and no, in, thank in you. a way it doesn't matter if you're equally distracted, if you're equally you know chaotic mm -hmm. with you know all these things or juggling these things. Yeah, which which are not is centered inside. Um, yeah, you know, and it's, either you know, we're busy it's outside or busy inside. What we're not is calm, centered, and that's, that's a good. To be. That's a good way to contextualize it today, because again, this was in 1962, and there were a lot less distractions. I mean, certainly people were listening to records, they were listening to the radio, you know, they were they were reading newspapers and so on. But there was not a screen on every you know, bathroom wall and music in every store that you went into and, you know, just a constant barrage of, of media everywhere we go. And then we carry one around in our pocket, even if we, God forbid, get a two, two seconds of silence. Like I, and, you know, and I see this too with people, you know, dri like driving, you know, people are driving in the car, they stop at the light and boom, they're on the phone immediately, like checking, checking Instagram or something, or, you know, checking in with their messages or whatever. And it's like you can't even have that that you know two minute pause of quiet just to look around and see what's going on. You've got to you know jump right into a screen and you know creating that sense of sort of, sort of inner calm you know, necessitates kind of taking control of some of our habits and saying you know what as I'm driving I really don't need to think about what's going on um, in the digital world. I'm just going to focus on my environment. I'm going to focus on, you know, the feeling of the wheel, you know, the wheel in my hand. I'm going to smell smells. I'm going to open the window. I'm going to keep my eyes open and moving and I'm going to focus on my driving. You can make it a, yeah. a sort of meditation in a sense. Right. And really yeah. connect well, how about to the that, metal, that steel, glass and concrete world of driving yeah, yeah. might be a good it's idea to, to work on that. To focus on you're... that. Yeah. Cause you forget you've got a, you know, a multi-ton vehicle. I don't know. What is a car weigh? A half yeah. a ton, a ton. It's a ton, right? Two tons. Well, yeah, anyway, more. Yeah, more. More, depending on how yeah. big it is. You're driving one of those SUVs. Look, you're driving around a lot of weight, and it's you know, it's it is it's dangerous, and we take that for granted because it's so comfortable and it's so easy to drive and so on. But I mean, keep your you know, keep your mind focused on what you're doing. It's a dangerous world we live in. We have to focus, you know. And I don't mean that to be you know, it's got to create fear, but 
you know, we do have a lot of dangerous machines and we're in charge of these things. And it's a, it's a big responsibility. Take the responsibility seriously. You know, your, 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 yours and your families and other people's lives are at stake. And so that focus really does become crucial. So that leads us into, I think, the, the kind of martial arts aspect of it. So we'll just jump right into that uh, since the bulk of this lecture is about that. He talks about, you know, and that's where that inner world and that outer world meet in martial arts. And that's the, really the, the focus of this, this lecture for the most part. So he, he, he contextualized it and started, uh, started the discussion about martial arts by talking about Dr. Kano. And Dr. Kano uh, basically was, uh, was a martial artist who found uh, jiu-jitsu in Japan. And he found that it was kind of uh, overly violent and it was overly competitive and it had kind of lost its sort of uh, spirit of uh, sort of spirituality and ethics and so on. And what he did is he, he ended up adapting that and providing uh, sort of more ethical elements and bringing Zen into it and creating, uh, creating judo. He created judo. So this, um, this that Manley Hall was drawing on is, you know, it's gives a metaphor for, for actually the, you know, the true, the true way of, of martial arts, you know, it's not about the violence. It's not about, uh, the competition and it's certainly not about, um, you know, who, who can destroy his opponent. Uh, if you're talking about, um, the true spirit of martial arts as it's coming out of China and moving into Japan and it's in its original form. Uh, he did talk a little bit, and I have to make this this point. He did talk a little bit about the the uh, the terrible violence of boxing. And mind you, this is again 1962, and boxing was pretty damn violent in 1962. It's, I mean, it's still, it still still has elements of violence, but it's much more controlled, and the gear is much better, and the referees are much more schooled on watching for people, you know, getting hurt and things like that. So it is a lot safer, especially amateur boxing. And amateur boxing in a lot of ways is much closer to martial arts than it is like a, you know, any, what you would call like a blood sport or something like this. But even like I, I say, this is my defense of, of boxing only because, you know, I love boxing, but, um, but he doesn't really bad mouth. He's just kind of contrasting it against what's going on with, um, with, with judo and with martial arts. So this uh, leads us into some of these ideas that, he points out and he uses martial arts really as a metaphor for life. And he talks about economics and how often economics has an unfair sort of competition. You're trying to destroy the competitor and so on. And this is where he was talking about how Dr. Kano, when he, when he, when he added the ethical element to judo, he really added something special to it. And he really was getting back to what, you know, what martial arts were all about in, in its ancient form. And I think, um, you know, might have lost some of that spirit in Japan at that time. So he re, he re-added that Zen element. And then he called it, I, I love this term that he used, physical and psychic self-defense. Because it is a full mind-body experience, isn't it? Definitely. So, and, you know, and that can be, he goes throughout this, and we're going to, you know, we're, we're covering this as we go. Um, he goes back and forth between maybe a very external, very physical, very tangible and practical example of what balance and centered means yeah. uh, and relates that to also what's what is inner balance what is inner uh, and really there's kind of no difference and and yes and mm -hmm. it's a martial arts is such a great tool or you know a theme to use to yeah. describe where those two in a very meaningful way uh, meet uh, but they also meet in in life uh, yeah, it's such a, you know, the thing that in anyone who's experienced martial arts in any way or, you know, watch I mean, we all obviously we've all seen movies or we've all, you know, known people, most of us who, you know, are involved and so on. Or it's tangentially, we've all seen kind of what goes on. But it's so uh, apparent. I mean, it's such a clear delineation between like doing something correctly and not doing something correctly, especially when you're, you know, you're sparring or there's some sort of, um, you know, there's some sort of competitive element to it. Um, because, you know, for example, you know, if you, you, you know, basically if you do something wrong, get hit, if you don't block a punch, you know, it's coming through and you're, you're going to catch it and, you know, some part of your body and it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. So it's like, it's very, it's a very visceral sort of, uh, you know, immediate kind of reaction 
uh, action and reaction sort of thing that, you know, that puts mind and body like in this space where if, if they're not working together, you are, you know, you have lost already. Um, one thing that he pointed out, I like this idea he talked about in judo, there's no idea of winning at all cost. You know, and we've seen some sports scandals and recently in baseball, there was some sports scandal, I think with the, with the Astros or something. And, um, you know, we see this stuff all the time, unfortunately, in pro sports and college sports. And, you know, people start pushing um, and cheating and they're pushing too far and they're, you know, doing things that hurt the the young people involved. And they're, you know, actually hurting the the image and the and the the integrity of that particular sport or whatever, you know, and, and he points out that winning at all cost is not a, is not a, a tenet in, in judo at all. You know, in fact, you're, he's, he says you're, you're going in to try to prove you're a gentleman or, you know, or a gentlewoman, you know, because a lot of women uh, actually participate in judo as well. They're excellent. Uh, try to prove you're more skillful than your opponent. You're trying to, uh, you know, really show that you've got a higher level of skill. So you've got to not only do you, you're trying to win in a sense, I shouldn't say you're trying to win because actually it makes the point that you're not a trying to win. You're trying to demonstrate your most skillful abilities. And, you know, if that defeats your opponent, then you are in the right mindset. So if you, and if you're not, you know, then you accept defeat gracefully and with honor and gentility, you pointed that out. So, you know, and he, he talks about too, how emotion should be used uh, to the best that we, that we know. So we can, we can use our emotion in that situation, not in a way like we're becoming super aggressive, but being assertive, you know, being a sportsman, you know, doing the correct things with honor and, 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 you know, winning the bout that way, but not really attached to the outcome. And that's a very Taoist concept, isn't it? Not being attached to the outcome of the, of the, uh, of the contest. That's also in Bhagavad Gita too. Krishna tells that to Arjuna uh, when they're on the field of battle, you cannot be attached to the outcome. You have to go in with a pure heart. So these ideas, you know, do even come, they go even further back than, than these martial arts. They go back to India, ancient India. Well, it uh, and the other to thing, life, you know, is what he talks oh, about. Sure. He, he brings in the ethics of life. And when me and Hall and anybody else starts talking about, well, what, you know, what happens in life or it's, oh, it's just like life. Well, what is life? And one of the grand examples we have is nature with a capital N. What does nature do? Uh, does nature avoid conflict? Does it avoid struggle and uh, fighting to the death? No, there's there's fights to the death every minute of the day all across the world in the natural kingdom. A spider is, you know, snaring sure. a fly and a cheetah yeah. is taking down a zebra. Um, but he's talking about a very, very different type of competition where the, you know, you one strong one beats the other strong one, the top of the food chain, you know, kills each other, you know, all uh you know all in for this this victory yeah. at any cost but nature doesn't do that the law of the jungle no is not at all the fastest cheetah has to be a little bit faster than the slowest zebra and so mm -hmm. the, from the top of the predator picks from the bottom of the prey and that is the way of nature so basically we're yeah, talking exactly. about something unnatural and it, yes if you're having a sporting competition Yes, you can have a playing field, you're going to put limits, you have a time limit, you have, you know, all these things, because then it's a game, and then it's a sporting game. But sure. we seem to take this completely unnatural attitude to sports and war and, you know, yeah. business, uh, relationships, yeah. how many relationships have, you know, come under the Suffered. fire yeah. of uh, winning at all costs, but your, your own, yeah. you know, your own integrity, your own family. Yeah, oh, how about, but I won the how about divorces? How about divorces? Yeah. Oh my God! At all, spare no a, expense a to win at all costs. To, yeah, and, yeah, and destroy destroy your kids and everything you've built in the in the process to really get back at that that person that but you, you actually love. You actually loved that person at yeah. one time. How quickly love turns into hate, and you know he talks about that. And that's another thing. You're right. Nature, there's no malice. There's no hate in a in a big cat. You know, it's just doing what it does. And, it, you know, for all we know, it could have love in its heart for that for that prey um, that it's that it's stalking, you know, so it's it's doing something natural. And it's not, um, you know, there's no there's again, there's there's no waste. There's no 
you know, there's no greed, there's no anger, there's no hate in its heart. It's just, it's just pure, you know, and that's actually a very Zen, uh, Zen attitude towards, towards martial arts. And there's an example of that in, um, in a Zen story about this samurai who, uh, whose master was killed. And then he was sent out to avenge the master's death, a, a, like a, a ronin, a sort of um, an, a masterless samurai had, had murdered this, 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 um, this teacher that was the, the head of their clan. And so this samurai hunted for this guy for years and years and years. He was out on the road and finally ran into him in this little village and had him cornered in a, in a, some sort of a barn or something. And they were about to fight and he was about to pull his sword. And the other guy had his hand on his sword and the, 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 the Ronin, the one who he was trying to find, uh, spit in the, the honorable samurai's face and the samurai just, you know, he had fought, brought his sword out just slightly. He was about to draw it. He put his sword back in and just bowed and walked out. And he did so because he became angry and he would not, he would not fight in anger because he was on, a, he, he, you know, he knew that he would have to go and, and do that another day and make that battle another day because he allowed himself to become angry by being having that person spit in his face. And so to be honorable, he, you know, he couldn't draw his sword and fight that guy. He knew, you know, he could have beat him, but he didn't do it because, you know, like I said, he was angered and then he would be, he would be acting out of his own ego to do what his duty was. And so that's really that idea of, of being in accord with me. You know, you're doing the, you're doing the duty of, and the responsibility of what, you know, the natural order of things in that particular case, that's the natural order of samurai life. Right. So, well, it's an ethical you know, life and it's an ethical yeah. jungle that to civilized man seems, you know, brutal and harsh, uh, but it's, but it's ethical and it's, well, it has yeah. its own natural laws, doesn't it? And just because we don't understand it oftentimes doesn't, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't have its own system of ethics, right? It's, it's, you're, you're right about that. So I think, you know, cause I, I think we look at some of the times these, you know, nature videos and stuff where we see, you know, animals hunting and it's like, it, you know, it, it, it looks very brutal. It does because most of us don't see that, you know, we don't hunt our own food. We don't see animals fighting. We don't see that sort of violence. And so we, we, you know, we kind of think, Oh God, nature's so horrible. And it's, you know, tooth and claw and, you know, red and bloody and this and that. It, Yes, it has its moments of that, but, you know, anyway, I don't want to get too far into it, but there's, there's a natural order to things and, and the earth has its, its own natural rhythm. And, you know, that's part of this whole idea that we're putting ourselves in accord with. It doesn't mean we're running around with a band and killing things. It means that we're in a natural order of things, you know, and as human beings, of course, we can make different choices based on that. If we don't want to eat animals, we don't have to and all that. And we have that luxury as, as you know, since we built the society that we have, so. Uh, at any rate, all right, so I'm getting off track, but th that was another thing. So, so this was leading into this next one, this find your center and find your balance. He talked about that. And, you know, to, this is again in, in conjunction with judo, but true for all martial arts and true for life. Lose your temper and you lose. Never be angry and never be afraid, he, Manly Hall said. And those are, I mean, those are wise, wise words there. And, you know, a challenge certainly to, to embody, but you know, living that way, never be angry, never be afraid. How much more pure are your intentions if you can get those two things out of the way? You know, fear and anger are, you know, some of the most powerful uh, motivators for us oftentimes. You know, how much of our lives are based on those those two emotions? Um, you know, and then the other thing, you kind of delineated that then down into this idea of thought versus worry. So you're saying like, well, thought is 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 you know positive sort of mind power moving in the right direction to solve a problem while his worry is just disillusion it has no meaning and it's kind of breaking things down in essence it's breaking down the possibility of solution and not in a good way you know so um yeah those, those are two two things to to look at and finding your center and finding your balance in essence because uh you know without 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 that clarity and without you know that non-angry non-fearful stance it's very difficult to think clearly you know because most of the time if we're afraid we're worrying if we're angry we're, we're usually worrying about something we're not thinking clearly to solve the problem 
Well, and we'll act. That we'll hoarding act. will act out of desperation yeah. or out of lack. And, and sometimes if you're in a desperate situation, but you know what, if you're in an, and he points this out too, if you're in an actual emergency um, mm-hmm. where that's immediate and imminent and it requires your immediate action without time to think, we're actually in a clearer space then because instantly we kind of remove all that stuff and we're, we are yeah. thinking from a truth core. And he uses an example of a car accident or would-be car accident that time expanded and everything seemed in slow motion and the last second the person knew exactly what to do um, and yeah, saved the day story. and nobody got hurt. Uh, but what we're, the emergencies we're talking about are the everyday emergencies that we are almost in a constant state of emergency or we're on watch or what could happen or maybe what didn't happen or, or what shouldn't have happened and what are we going to do about it and what if this person does this um, and well, who said this online there's this almost this very agitated state um, that we're in and yeah. yeah it's throwing us off but by the time you even before you throw the first punch you've already thrown your you know, either physically, if you're using this as a metaphor, um, you know, or spiritually or psychically, you're off balance. You're you know, shooting off with the tongue, um, lashing out maybe before you got the information in, or constantly reacting to things. Yeah. But this finding the balance, it, it not only keeps you from falling over um, and, you know, and getting hurt, um, when you can really get in this state of quietude and really find this truth core. And I thought a lot about what, you know, he calls it a truth core and it's what's inside. If you can get really to this scent of our own being of our own self, uh, that's where truth is. There's an inner truthiness, I guess, to ourselves. Yeah. Like an inner divinity that it's truth with a capital T that knows everything, knows what to do in that emergency situation uh, on the highway knows what to do uh, in an argument and also just or in a you know what could be a fight like your story of, of the samurai uh, and it's and I thought of this you know truth core well you know a lot of times we don't know ourselves uh, we don't know what we're all about and that can be a huge subject and it can take a long time to to get to that but using that word core and I thought about core and it's like I, I love apples and um, it's like well the core is the thing you cut out the core is kind of the thing you throw away um, when you're eating the apples, you know, what's this mm-hmm. core? What's at the core of things? Okay, it's at the center, it's the core. And, you know, we talk about core exercise now that if you can strengthen your core, it makes it better for everything, which is true. It's great exercise, have a, a strong core, core training. Um, but then I, you know, I thought again about the apple core and it's, it's what connects the apple to the tree, you know, the stem that's in the mm-hmm. center of the core. And in that core are the seeds for more apple trees. Uh, so mm. it's this regenerative, regenerative thing that, you know, not only down to the truth, but then you get the archetype pattern of really what you are. And then what are you growing, you know, from your core? Um, you yeah. have good seeds and, you know, are they fertile? Is it, you know, this is the kind of thing that, that we you know we are putting out there um, because when we do speak out of uh, turn or throw a punch off balance, um, you know, or, you know, really stick our nose where it shouldn't belong. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, we're not really putting the best out there. Uh, the fruit we're bearing is not all that pleasant. So yeah, it was kind True. of an interesting uh, word core and, and, you know, can look at it in a lot yeah, of different like ways, that. but yeah. it's kind of it's the like thing an, that holds it together. It's where the source came from. It's what from the tree connected with the stem, it's what mm-hmm. made the apple possible. And then yeah. of course that makes, the seeds possible, which makes the whole thing. So you, you're getting to talk about truth. If you're, you know, from the apple, you're getting to a seed that becomes another apple tree that makes apples. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the cycle of life right there. And Well, you call that seed, uh, or you call that the, the truth core, the center, also the seed of destiny center. Oh, seed of he's destiny. Like, yeah. He's talked about this, how your seed of destiny is in there. Um, which I thought sounds was like an album title. I like that. Seed of destiny. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Seed of destiny. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, that core that we're talking about is that invisible center, that that higher self portion of yourself, the the God consciousness within you, and so on. And even use that term, which he rarely does. He called it the God center, the divine life principle, or the archetypal situation, 
which he, he mentioned as being the proper pattern for unfoldment of human character. And that's when he likened it to a seed or a seed of destiny. And that's all that center within yourself. And that's where you're, you're that's what you're trying to reach through the practice of martial arts, but through the practice of life, through our, our interactions with people on a daily basis. You know, the martial arts is just a metaphor, isn't it? So, well, it is. So how can we um, find this? How can we find our, our core? How can we, pull back from all this reaching out and, uh, you know, get this. Uh, well, one thing you talked about out with, but yeah, let's go. Yeah. On. One thing you talked about that is a, is a, is a good, uh, is a good analogy to this is this idea of, um, a balance and equilibrium and, and being in the center of a circle. So, you know, in judo, he says, and I, you know, I haven't ever taken judo, so I'm not sure of these, these figures, but he's, he talks about how you're supposed to stand firmly with your feet th three feet apart. I like three just because it's a good symbolic number um, with your head always over the center of this symbolic circle between the feet. So if you think about your, your feet being that sort of radius of that circle, and then you, you're always trying to keep your head in the center and, and, and level, essentially, you don't want it forward, you'll be off balance. And you don't want it back because you'll be off balance. Obviously, you don't want it left or right either. You want it just right in the center. You know, boxing is the same way. You know, when you're when you're practicing, uh, moving around on your feet, working with your footwork and stuff, and slipping, ducking under things, and so on. You always keep your your head in that same sort of position. The MMA is the same way, and any kind of you know sling and so on. It's that center of uh, of of, uh, of equilibrium, basically, that you're trying to create. Um, and Essentially, you know, I like that idea of not being too far forward. It makes me think of not not being too far projected into the future, not being projected into the past, you know, in, the, in terms of being backwards, but being right there right now in that moment, in essence. And that's I mean, that's one of the ways to to really be centered is to be in the moment. Um, you know, and how often are we in the moment during the day, really? I mean, think about it. Most of the time we're thinking about what we got to do next or what happened, you know, before or when we were a kid, this happened or I don't like this song on the radio. So I want to turn it to something else, which is an idea for, you know, a, a future thing than something better. But how often are we just in that moment? And that's why, you know, that's why martial arts is such a powerful tool for for learning that is in boxing and MMA. If you are not in that moment, you get socked in the face. So there you go. You know, there's not a, there's no real question about was I in the moment or wasn't I in the moment when someone's throwing punches and kicks at you or trying to, you know, trying to get you into some kind of choke or something, you know, if you're not in the moment right then with the, you know, bringing all of your focus to bear on that moment, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do well. And, and that, life is like that too, though. You know, what, think about like the car analogy, you know, when you're in the car and you're fiddling around with your phone and you're trying to drink your Starbucks latte and you're yelling at the kids and you're doing this and you're doing that, you know, you're courting disaster. You know what I mean? Because you're not focused on that, at that, that driving at that moment, you're off balance. You're, you're not in the middle of the circle. You're not, you're not, your head's not centered in the circle. Your head's back, your head's forward, your head's to the left, your head's to the right. It's not focused. Do you know what I mean? And so it's it's really a, an apt analogy for for how we live our lives, isn't it? Yeah. Well, one thing about driving, we've talked about this, is you know there is a muscle memory. So if we're going someplace familiar, at least part of our consciousness is focused on the driving, even if we are not. Yeah. Thank uh, God. But it can be, and yeah, and thank God, and that's just a reason. <laughs> yeah. You know, you want to see divine intervention? Try yeah. driving on the LA freeways about any day of the week. I'd yeah. pick Friday at about three thirty. Yeah, exactly. Um, you will see divine intervention, invisible guardian angels, and miracles um, happening on everyone's left on and right. It's like how yeah, every other mile. Yeah. It's like how did that not result in it? You know. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's incredible, and it's not because we're all skilled drivers. It's that that is definitely not the reason. No, you're right. Uh, there is something, some other forces working. There's something and it's like our muscle memory you know yeah but, but then how much uh, more for, you know can we but it operate? can be equally dangerous if we're if we're talking to our kids and we say the wrong thing or if we're sure um you know even something that's not maybe as physically uh, dangerous as driving um or you know potentially um boy the psychic damage and mm -hmm. uh you know that we can inflict on ourselves and others is uh you know really bound to happen 
more often, if we're not focused, if we're not centered, if mm-hmm. we're not in that present, if we're not in that circle. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's not a big circle. Uh, well, and not being driven by anger and fear in those moments, you know, and anger with, at your kids, for example, will result in you saying things you regret. So don't yeah. you know, stop the anger. You can, you can, you know, you can well, control I see this, the situation. Uh, this center is, you know, yes, it's a place and yes, it's, uh, there's contained within this center, you know, you know, what is your core? <laughs> what is that your core being? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this inner divinity. Uh, but I also see it as like an, uh, an action, uh, like centering, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You, you know, he calls it, uh, what finding the center, uh, yeah. reaching the center, yeah, reaching the um, center. But, you know, centering, you know, it's like, Oh, you want to center the map. Uh, you want to center yourself. You want to calibrate. You want to get this, you know, that it's a, a pause in between situation and action or between thought and speaking about it or stimulus and response mm-hmm. uh, that there's this centering that takes place in the way you balance the scales you know you you uh, if you're weighing something you you weigh the truck first before you you don't weigh you don't take everything out you know you know what the truck weighs and then you put it on the truck scale and whatever's in the back of the truck and you subtract the truck weight and that's how much it weighs um you know but there's this centering this recalibrating and it's it's kind of a nothing, it's a zero. Mm-hmm. If you really take this scale thing, this balance centering, you're, you're getting it back to zero mm. to where it's at yeah. this midpoint. It's not this way or that way. And in that space, yes, it's a very present thing, but no activity can really take place. I think a lot of times we'll, there'll be a stimulus, there'll be a situation. And for a moment, we're in the center because oh gosh look what's going on i got to do something yeah. about this and then we go straight <laughs> to activity or thought or saying something or tweeting something back or whatever we do um yeah but we don't pause in the center and get centered and say that's true okay i'm going to bring this to the middle and, cent- and, and let me, let me make a quick uh a quick plug uh-huh. here because we do have that great show and this was one of your suggestions that uh returning to zero uh oh, yeah. podcast remember that one Oh yeah, uh, it goes exactly. it goes very deeply into that into that concept. So definitely check that out if you're more interested in finding out about that. But continue. I'm sorry. Um, but that's what he at the beginning. Uh, me and the house spoke about quietude, and that is this, yeah. this centering. And it's it's really an empty space uh, in our mm-hmm. head and mm-hmm. our heart, um, where we can just be at the level of acceptance. Acceptance is not approval. Again, acceptance is just the recognition of what is. Oh, I'm here. And somebody said something really rude to me and I feel my heart's racing and I feel terrible and I want to, but I'm going to stop here. It's this timeout, this, you know, 10 second count, Uh, but get to the center. And if you can get to breathing again and in this quietude, then from there you can move out. And yes, you may have to go back into the arena. You may have to struggle and fight um, for what is rightly yours. If it's, you know, a conflict at work or, uh, mm-hmm. something that needs resolved, but you're going to do it from a centered position. So you're going yeah. back to yeah. the well, you're going back to center. Um, I, I did take Taekwondo years ago and uh, Jombe, Kwon uh, would say, and, and we would get in, in this, you know, you would do this. It's, it's almost like calling a soldier to attention. Actually, it's very much like mm-hmm. that, where there's kind of a hand motion, a foot motion, you put your fist down and you're standing straight and you are listening. You are completely aware. You're very yeah. much in that. Yeah. 10 hut, you know, uh, military. Yeah, guns. yeah, exactly. Uh, it's called to attention. You're not doing anything, but no. boy, you are there. You're actually, you're, you're specifically yeah. not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, well, but you are discipline. listening to be told to do something when you're, yeah, so you wait sure. for the direction. Right. And that discipline creates that, that open space and that freedom. And I think sometimes we think of discipline as being something, well, I don't want to do it. It's like, that's just bringing me down, man. I don't want to have all this discipline, you know, discipline. We've talked about that before, mm-hmm. but the thing is discipline, you know, self-discipline and, you know, principles and, you know, living according to a, to a law that you, you know, adhere to and so on actually gives you more freedom. That's the thing about it. It's like if you've got a center and you're operating from the core of those principles, and that was another thing you pointed out about Judy. It's like keep your own principles. That's part of part of keeping your own center, keeping your own principles, and not being sucked into the outer world's sort of ideas and so on. And he he made an example there of some some man who had gotten so angry because he gotten scammed for some investment, and it was some 
you know, unrealistic expectation that was sold to him. And so, you know, his own greed got the best of him. He wasn't keeping to his principles or he wasn't keeping centered. So if we allow greed or, or fear or, you know, the desire for something for nothing, or, you know, we're trying to get over on somebody or whatever, then we're not following our principles. If, you know, we need to develop those ethical principles within ourselves and then, and then follow those things and keep our own center. You know, so many people get sucked in by those things. They get so angry when they get scammed and they, they, they think, oh, it's, you know, it's the, the world out there is doing this and that, but, you know, you're allowing yourself to be knocked out because you're not on your center. You're not in your stance. You're not focused in the moment. You're not, you know, using those principles, right? It's like, like I, I remember, do you, you remember the speaker scam that was going on, the white vans that would drive around with the speakers in the back trying to sell uh, these big home speakers? Did you, did you guys ever have that in your area when you're around. Uh, I don't this might have been a west coast thing i mean you can even look it up it's on wikipedia it's called it's it's like white the white van speaker scam so these guys would drive around with these white vans and then they'd give you this song and dance about how they just these just fell off a truck and this and that they're trying to act like you know they they got hot merchandise in the back but really what they got is a set of cheap speakers they'd start talking about how they're water cooled and they're giving you all these ridiculous like non-real you know, just nonsense, technical mm-hmm. sort of uh, explanations of how great these speakers are. And then they end up, you know, get roping kids into buying them for like 400 bucks. And they're not, you know, they're worth like 50 bucks or something each. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, one of these yeah. things, though, where they're they're getting you out of your own center. They're getting you off of your own principles because you think, Oh, these are, you know, these are stolen. I'm going to get them so cheap. And they're so, they're these great speakers. And they're, they're just, even if it was, they were real good speakers and they were stolen. You still shouldn't be buying them. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're participating in a, in, in something that's, you know, that's not ethical. Right. So it's, it's an interesting thing. And then, you know, but what, what he, his point was, it's like, you know, this man that was telling him this story got so, he was so angry at the other person and he didn't even take any personal responsibility for his own part in it. You know, he gives it so out of we his center. We do have isn't? that. We do have that capacity. Capacity don't we? to to believe, uh, what, to want to believe what we know isn't true. Yeah, and then later to get to feel victimized. To feel victimized uh, by the exact same thing, and yeah. it, just this cycle. I, I don't know what that is. I, I've seen it. I've been I've participated. <laughs> we, we all have in that, you know? and uh, you know. But it's again, that's you know, lose, once you lose the center, well, then then they've got you, and you they got you. And, yeah, um, but this this coming to the the center. I mean, it's it's. You know, he goes on to describe how it can it can really be a space and a place of great wisdom. It's not you know yes you have this yeah. quietude and this calmness, but in there is usually the right answer uh, to, yeah, to any problem, any exactly. specific problem. Is this core, this truth core that from that. You know, has the the wisdom of uh, of the world or the universe, uh, and we know how to act and and react from that, and we can bring our yeah. problems in there. Uh, but it is it is also, you know, such a secure place. And you mentioned calming the storm uh, earlier that it's kind of an other place too. If you're in your inner quietude and you're still you know frustrated and uh, spun out by you know what somebody said in the world and what's going on and this and that you're probably not really in that quietude space yeah because this is it's kind of apart from the down to that like when somebody has confidence and really knows who they are um they seem to take criticism quite well uh they're not as embarrassed by a sure you know a public uh you know miss misspeaking on something or forgetting mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. or doing something really, you know, stupid. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they brush themselves off and keep on going because they, they know that it. that's not important. You know, there's an inner um, security and it's not just, you know, being, having a strong ego. Yeah. This is, this is really, you know, that, that is one level of being self-confident and, and self-assured. You might be assured of a false self or an ego self. Sure. Uh, but we're really talking a different thing that uh, that it is this literally it's a safe space yeah yeah within you that you know just isn't affected 
by the other. And since it isn't affected by those things, you can take those things in there and look at yeah. a problem or a situation without judgment, without fear, without uh, preconcept or uh, you know, any of these antagonisms or resentments or any, you know, mm -hmm. what our feelings about the thing. Yeah, for those, sure. are, those don't belong in there either. This is this is quieting all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all that and ego quite often, opinion stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you know, maybe not quite often. Maybe every single time, if you can get to that point, the answer will become clear, and the problem or the situation will be seen in its true light. And maybe that person that was annoying you, that you just want to slap, um, in their own way, was maybe just trying to help, even though you don't want to hear their advice. Mm. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's enough of a reframing of the situation sure. that could affect your behavior. Sure, and but you got to go say, to that, yeah, and you got to go to that center to be able to even recognize that to just get out of the problem situation and get into more solution oriented thinking. So you're just like opening up to the possibility of, of, of some, some, you know, some good coming out of a situation by going to that divine life principle, as he called it, or that, that God center or that archetypal situation, you know, he used all those different terms. Jung might call it the self, the yeah. self in India, they'd call it the self with a capital S, you know, it's this uh, eternal invisible core within us uh, that is connected to, you know, connected to divine, uh, divine, the divine creator. And, you know, we all have that. And, and you know, he, he mentions, too, that everything that happens to us is moving us toward the center. You know, so regardless of these situations and difficulties we face, that really our lives are moving us toward that center. And it's all for, our own, you know, our, our own good. So the more that we we try to consciously connect with that center by, you know, he said, go up into your mountain of silence, even if it's for just five minutes. You know, yeah, so like silence mountain is of silence. mountain of silence. That's, that's again, it's being like a part away from yeah you're in a but that you know that could be figure figuratively speaking too i mean your mountain of silence could be in the middle of a noise and confusion situation but you're going up into it within yourself right and you're finding sure, that center sure. in your own self it could be in the middle of a, a battle it could be in the middle of an argument but you stop well actually moment. that's when you need it the most, when you need it the and, most. and that's it an argument's a perfect example or if sure. you're a caretaking type of person or a fixer someone who likes to solve problems for people, if a situation arises, whether it's an argument or a crisis or somebody's in pain or frustrated about something, before you go fixing it and solving it or trying to win the argument, uh, pause for a moment. And, and this is a very you know, bit of practical advice that I wouldn't be saying if I haven't used it uh, before and if it hasn't proved itself and it, and it has many times for me. And, it was something I had to learn and do deliberately at first. And now it's becoming more natural as a response, but that pause before fixing and helping and offering advice and you know, throwing myself into uh, the solution is just to pause and go, Oh yeah, that's, that's terrible. I'm really sorry that person did that to you. Oh, oh gosh, that must feel terrible. And, you you be with the person for a minute, acknowledge where they are and what they're feeling before you go solving it. Mm, good point. Or yeah. before you go, you know, coming back with the right barb to throw in the argument. Sure. Just, you know, pull it back. What are we arguing about? What am I doing? Oh. Yeah. She, you know, even though I think I'm right and I could slam dunk this, you know, this argument. Yeah you know what she's just she's just mad because i i really wasn't listening to to what she was saying uh, you know or whatever the, the thing is you know that there's something behind it there's something you know that doesn't require a solution sometimes just and you know maybe that's that's behind a lot of therapy and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh you know doctors or you know anything like that part of it anyway can be not the prescriptive uh solution but it's just that somebody sat down with me for 20 minutes and listened sure and i felt yeah. they were listening to me oh exactly not pandering to my things not making it worse uh but not just jumping in to try well no here's what you got to do it's like oh yeah well that's wow. part of the that's part of the moment developing that silence isn't it you're, you're listening in yeah. quietude and you're not trying to formulate what you're going to say or how you're going to argue but you're just kind of witnessing and sharing that moment and 
in, in, in the silence with that, with that other person as well. And we can do that with ourselves too. That's the interesting thing about it. We can do that with our own ego and our own thoughts and so on and kind of witness what they're doing and try to quiet things down and see, see what all the clamor is about and all that. Right. So what am I thinking? Do I really need to be having those thoughts? And what's, what am I, why am I at level five? You know, when Mm -hmm. this is really nothing and I get caught in my head and it's like, what? Oh, Oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm feeling like a victim because somebody didn't hear me. Yeah. You know, but you know what? Maybe, maybe I wasn't communicating properly or what? Or maybe the person's not going to hear me. So what? Yeah. Is it really worth me getting on this train? You know, you stop the train of thought and then say, what am I doing? What's, why are these thoughts coming in my head? And, but but you acknowledge them. You're not trying to say no. You're just saying, whoa, this is what's going on. Okay. Do I really need to be like that? Maybe I don't. Maybe sure. You know. And well, I think once you and that's rec- power. Once you recognize that too, then even going a step further and just maybe focusing on the the heart, or focusing on the breath, and letting those thoughts still and kind of allow things to just calm down. Like you know, there's a sort of a you know like like a like a muddy pond or something. You know, it's all stirred up. You just watch and allow it yeah. to kind of the sediment to sink down to the bottom. Things eventually will become clear. So be constructively quiet. Yeah. Right. So, you know, thinking sometimes, especially if we're trying to figure things out or figure somebody else out or, you know, trying to really actively work on these problems, it can get us, it can help, but then it gets us only so far. So then after that, to kind of let it go and, you know, let that pond still let that, let that sediment sink down to the bottom and let the, let the clarity come through. And remember too, like Manly Hall says, we do not need to hope for good. We already have this good. So you don't need to hope for something. That good is already at your center. That wisdom is already at your center. That truth core is already within you, you know, and it provides you all the basic principles to answer all your problems. He made that very clear. And so sometimes it's just a matter of, of, of listening in a better way and quieting the, the mind down and quieting the ego down. And, you know, he even said he even made the the uh the the recommendation if sometimes some, especially sometimes when you're really caught in a quandary to sleep on something and let the ego get out of the way oftentimes in the morning you know when you've when all of your desires and needs and all this other stuff has gotten out of the way something something clear will come through so all beautiful advice um i recommend that you listen to this full uh this full lecture because there's so much more to it that we weren't able to even get into um so do check that out at Manly Hall Society uh, on YouTube. But you can go to manlyhall.com as well and get to get to the lectures through there. Right, Chris? Uh, yeah, that's it. There, um, well, some of them anyway have transcripts. And this one, and this does, one has the has transcript the as well, right? Transcripts okay. so you can read along. Or, you know, some people do better looking at the words. Yeah. Uh, I like to do both. Yeah, so. that's a great way to do it. So, again, the uh, – and it, Go ahead. Oh, and then most of the videos, I think, on the YouTube channel have, whether they're specifically transcribed or they're auto-generated through YouTube, they do have the English subtitles. And even listening to Manly Hall, sometimes I do, I like seeing the words, too. Because mm, yeah. Some, he, he kind of spoke the written word, and his writing, you can hear his voice, so he kind of wrote the spoken word. The The line between spoken and, and written is very... It's very thin with him. Indetermined, yeah, yeah, with that. So it works, and, and to have both, to have the audio and the text going on at Absolutely. the same time. For me, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, for sure. a, I love it, you know. So it's, it's another way to experience uh, uh, this great material. But the real way to experience it is to have a listen, listen to us, this show, uh, take a read uh, and then bring it in to your truth core and see what it means to you. That's Absolutely. The, That's the takeaway. Isn't it? So reaching yeah. the center, truth leads all things to itself. Manly Hall, uh, Manly Hall Society on YouTube. Look that one up um, or check out and check out Chris's uh, website that he runs, Manly Hall, uh, manlyhall.com. Also chrissheridan.com if you want to find out more about Chris and his uh, his book that he's written. Uh, which is called The Spirit in the Sky. I have a book called If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate, and that is on Amazon. Chris's book is on Amazon as well, or at uh, CosmicEye.org. I have uh, the books up there. So you can check that out. And again, please support us if you can. Amazon, excuse me, Amazon. I've got Amazon in my head. Uh, Anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye. 
Uh, you can you can make a small donation there if you can afford it, or a large donation if you want to. Hey, I don't want to I don't want to put constraints on. Yeah. On, if you feel if you're feeling generous, please please do uh, do uh, support us. And you know, also if you can uh, try to share us on social media and so on. We're on Instagram. I'm at uh, Jason Napolitano at Jason Napolitano on Instagram. There's also at Cosmic Eye Center. And then Chris, you're at uh, at Chris Sheridan thirty three, right? On Instagram, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So and those, uh, you know, those things are all also up on CosmicEye.org. So thank you again for joining us. Uh, it was a great show today. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it and all the great oh, work you. you're doing on this Manly Hall stuff. There's some beautiful lectures up there. So definitely, when you go listen to this, subscribe to the channel and and listen to the great uh, the great work that Chris is putting up on there. So Manly Hall Society. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for listening. Have a great week. Goodbye and God bless.